What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show. And I am joined by a special guest today. Now, before I officially bring him on, I want to give a shout out, okay, because the Big Ten Show is brought to you by Jacobson, the Jacobson Seed Company. Okay, and tell you what they're all about. Your healthy hybrid advantage. Farmers, thank you for watching the Big Ten Show, but we can give you more than just great Big Ten coverage. We can help you with your fields. Check out jacobsonseed.com. Jacobson Seed, your healthy hybrid advantage. All right. Let me bring on my guest. This man was a running back at the University of Oregon, a two-time All-American while he sported the Ducks uniform, played 11 years in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers, New York Giants, was a pro bowler, and now is a host on the Believe Podcast Network, the Carolina Panthers Podcast. Mr. Jonathan Stewart, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, nice to formally meet you. Uh, Absolutely. I'm not really sure. I'm not quite sure if uh, did you tackle me at some point in, in 2011? I'm sure I tried. Now, whether I was successful or not, I don't know. <laughs> We'd have to watch the tape, I guess. You were you were a hard you were, guy to bring down and catch. I know that for sure. You were definitely. I mean, I looked at the stats and you had a one and a half sacks against us 2011. And so and that's not an easy task, because I, as I remember, there was one run that Cam had a zigzag. I remember. Run, and that was it was his rookie year, I think. Right. Had to be I, rookie year. It might have been rookie, either rookie or second year. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was zigzagging across the field. And <laughs> so it was it was a hard task. It was definitely a hard task to sack that guy um, in the backfield. Dude, it's crazy that you remember that because as soon as you said Carolina Panthers 2011, I knew the game you were talking about. I actually stayed up and watched Stanford and USC play late the night before. So I was a a little tired going into that game. I was like, oh, man, how am I going to play? I remember a couple things about that day. I remember Cam Newton is the biggest quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Okay, him and Ben Roethlisberger. But he looked bigger to me. And that stupid run. And when you're on the other side of the ball, you say the word stupid instead of zigzag. Because, yeah. oh, my, I was so exhausted. And then he ended up scoring a touchdown. And it was, yes, it was a phenomenal play by a phenomenal athlete. I remember that all too well. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but kudos to you, man, on your career. Um, you're a baller at Nebraska. Uh, as I was, you know, doing some, doing just my background. Um, Marlon Lucky. Mm-hmm. What, what, yep. <clears throat> Madamaka Sue. Yep. Um, you know, just guys that I remember from the U.S. All American um, Army Bowl mm-hmm. and great guys. And Madamaka, everybody knows his success. Um, but I, I never really found like what, what, what was Marlon Lucky like in, in college? Um, I remember practicing with him 
um, and just seemed like a good guy. I know, did he get injured while he was at college or, or what happened? He was a good dude. He was a real nice dude. Now, my experience with him, he was either two or three years younger than me. So younger guys, as you know, they tend to be a little bit more quiet until they become an upperclassman. During my time with him, he was he was a nice dude, good dude, quiet. I think he, I don't remember if he got hurt or not. That doesn't sound familiar to me, but I, you know, I was so yeah. busy my first two, three years in the league with my head spinning while he was in Nebraska. Maybe he did. My experience yeah. with him was he seemed like he was trying to find his stride and trying to, because he had all the athletic ability in the world, just trying to find that physical side of running the ball. So that was my limited experience with him at Nebraska. And then Sue was a young guy as well. He was a freaking monster. Okay. He was already one of the strongest guys in the weight room as a freshman. When you did one-on-one -on -one Oklahoma drill, nobody on the offensive side wanted to go against him. So you could kind of yeah. see what was coming with, with Sue. Yeah. At the All-American game, they told him to play offensive line, and he hated it. And <laughs> I remember – obviously, I don't remember exactly word for word, but yeah. he was pissed and did not want any parts of playing offensive line. And he made people pay in practice. <laughs> like Dude. a little short stint, short stint, extended practices that we had, um, he made his presence felt, made, made felt. So, um, but, man, Nebraska, the Big Ten – um it's all new to me so it's great to be on this show because you're an expert on the big 10 so as a former oregon running back proud alum you mentioned it all right oregon washington usc ucla coming to join the big 10 now there's 18 teams the big 10 is all the way from eugene to la to lincoln to piscataway new jersey Okay, and we can chat more in depth about this, and I look forward to it. But just your initial thoughts when you think about going to Wisconsin, maybe in November, and I got the schedule in front of me, but just playing some of these Big Ten teams during the season, them coming out to Eugene. By the way, Eugene was actually, of all my recruiting visits that I took, I actually grew up in southeastern Washington. Okay, so that was actually my favorite recruiting visit of all the visits that I took. Don't tell people in Lincoln that, but I really enjoyed that recruiting visit. Okay. And I watched right. them play Wisconsin in the off season. That was when Joey Harrington scored the late TD quarterback sneak. And they ended up trouncing Colorado in the Fiesta bowl, finished number two in the country later that year. Um, so I had an amazing experience in Eugene, but what are your thoughts as you come into the big 10 playing some of these teams and what, what you guys think it's going to be like, man. Um, to be honest, I don't know, but what I like hope for um, yeah. is everything you know that points to the, to the direction of why it all happened, right? And, and you look at Dan Lanning and his situation. I mean, he's actually probably got one of the best coaching jobs right now in college mm -hmm. football. Um, you know, his his team. Um, you know, the last two years in recruiting, they've knocked it out of the park. Um, you know, last year they had a one five-star, but many four-star recruits. Um, and, you know, people can argue like, you know, five-star, four-star, you know, what's the big difference? Um, you know, some guys don't really pan out and, you know, that five-star, you know, status. Um, so the more four-stars you have, the, you know, the better chances of you actually finding a player. Um, so I guess, you know, with Dan Lanning, you know, the reason why he stays at Oregon is because of the opportunity at Big Ten. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, if you can argue that Big Ten and, and SEC could be battling for the powerhouse conference next year. I mean, mm-hmm. I might be stepping on toes right now saying that, but no, like, you're right. Because, but, but, you know, I think right now the leverage, you know, of adding, you know, the California schools, um, Oregon, um, to this whole mix, you're just adding value. Um, and the team that has, you know, instant success, which I feel like Oregon is more prepared for um, in, in reference to the other schools, uh, just given this year and, and the success that they've had, um, you know, the recruiting opportunity that they have right now for him staying at mm-hmm. Oregon. Um, I feel like they have an advantage right now to really, you know, make a splash and, and, and grab some noise, which helps the recruiting. Uh, so, I mean, the opportunity is just the sky's the limit um, for all schools. Um, and Big Ten is just going to continue to just expand and, and, and grow, at, grow at large as far as, as, far as exposure. Um, you're, getting, you're getting Pac-12 fans Mm-hmm. watching the big big 10 now and no other conference you know what i'm saying so the value there you already have the media outlets you know chicago um you know one of the biggest media outlets in the nation so it's just primed for success i i agree with you completely because even before oregon washington usc ucla joined big 10 schools were making about eight to nine million more dollars a year than the sec schools now there's a lot of pluses to this okay you got the coast to coast coverage which obviously is going to skyrocket media deals and tv deals in the future now i look at it from a recruiting perspective the big 10 has no ties to florida texas Mm -hmm. california oh wait now we do and now the big 10 has a direct tie to california not just with USC, UCLA, but now Ohio State, and you got Michigan, and you got Nebraska, and even Northwestern, you know. And so I think that helps recruiting-wise. I think it helps for exposure. And it's because, obviously, the SEC has got the South, and they've got Texas, and they've got Florida for their recruiting bases, plus the whole freaking South in general. And so I I think the SEC is obviously a great conference. I think it's going to be more regional, obviously, and I think the broadness literally the big Ten's a national conference. Now I think that is the advantage the big 10 has. And to your point about Dan Lanning, what he is building is phenomenal. You look at the recruiting class. He already has this year. They're currently ranked sixth in the country. Okay. You look at the past five years, they have three top 10 recruiting classes. And to your point, a lot of that, yeah, you got the five stars, but a lot of that is the number of four stars. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you've got three, five stars and maybe three, four stars versus another team who's maybe got eight or nine, four stars and maybe no five stars, I would take the more, more good players, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. I love that you point all that out and it makes a lot of sense. And for those who don't know, they're probably aware Dan Lanning was rumored to be in the conversation for the Bama job and he took his name out and he's staying at Eugene because of what Oregon offers, because of what the Big Ten offers, because he's got a young team coming back next year i think they're a top five team in the country next year so i think he can make some big noise going forward in eugene yeah man and i mean i think even you know the quote that he gave i think it was something on the lines of you know your coach might have left but i'm not leaving mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great yep. it's great it's a mm-hmm. great recruiting tool um and phrase to use you know as he closes out this recruiting 
um, you know, going leading up to signing signing day. So um, kudos to him. I mean, everything that he's building at Oregon right now is everything that I've actually been wanting over the last, mm-hmm. you know, 16 years, I guess, since I've <laughs> left Oregon. Um, but watching, you know, the opportunities that we've had to play on national levels against, you know, Tennessee, against Auburn, against, you know, Georgia, um, you know, these, you know, teams that, you know, are known for being almost professional football teams, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, the the ability that we, ha- well, what he's added, you know, is depth at physicality on mm-hmm. the defensive side of the ball. We have bigger guys now. I mean, you look at the UW-Michigan game. You know, UW has proven this year to be a physical team, you know, being able to push guys around. But they went and played Michigan, and they got pushed around mm-hmm. because they weren't big enough. Mm-hmm. It's just put, and they didn't have enough depth to take care of, you know, what was in front of them. And so, you know, I believe at the end of the day, like, you know, the trenches matter. And I think that's where he's starting to really pull his his recruiting card because he has the ties to Georgia. He has the ties to the South. And now that he's at the Big Ten level, um, it's going to be way much easier uh, to get those guys to commit because, hey, mom, you can just come up to, you know, the Iowa game. <laughs> you can just come up to the Michigan game to watch me play. You don't have to come all the way to Oregon for a home game every time you want to watch me play. Um, and so I think there's a great, um, opportunity in the recruiting world for him to really make a splash. And that's why I say, you know, you know, the team that has instant success, um, will see this thing as a a grand opportunity, um, for the long term. I think you make a phenomenal point with the type of players that Oregon's recruiting under Coach Lanning. So again, I grew up in the Northwest. And so I, and I, I don't mean this to be anything except what my opinion was, you know, could have been wrong or right. I always said Oregon was too fast. And that makes no sense to anybody. But I said they're too fast because they're too small. Okay. Yeah. So when they would go play in Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and let's be clear, they beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl a couple of years ago. So it's not like they haven't yeah. had success against big teams. But when they play teams with speed and size, that's when they would struggle. Yeah. And that's what Lanning's, that's what he is facing head on or, or he's taking head on in his recruiting. He's addressing the yeah. trenches. He's playing better defense. He's bringing in guys with speed and size. So I think you make a phenomenal point. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Oregon's schedule for next year. Now, before we dive into the conference schedule, something caught my eye. In fact, two things caught my eye in the non-conference. I'm going to be honest with you. I hate these patsy, cupcake, ridiculous schedules, especially in the non-conference. But going forward, if I'm a Big Ten AD or I'm an SEC head coach, I want patsies and I want cupcakes because these, the conference schedule is murderer's row, okay? So I'm looking at Oregon's non-conference. Okay, you got Idaho. Idaho, I mean. Okay, you got Boise State. That's not yeah, a gimme. And that's, that's the not team a that's going to want to beat you. And then why in the world, as a college football fan, I love this, as as an Oregon alum, looking from Oregon's perspective, why in the world are you guys still playing Oregon State when you don't have to before you get into the Big Ten Conference? What are your thoughts on those two games? Well, I mean, there's a rivalry there. It's a state yeah. of Oregon. And so you have to respect the fans, I think, at the end of the day. It's a good, you know, hey, we're not here often anymore, but 
we'll we'll come by and, and give you guys a show. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of how I look at that game. Um, I got you. And so it, it, it's it's I guess it's one of the longest standing rivalries of all time. Mm-hmm. And so to just cut that, just to cut that loose, it would be hard for a lot of people, especially out the gate. Um, maybe you might see it wither away, but we'll see. So I, again, I'm I'm not rooting for or against Oregon as a college football fan. I love it. If I were rooting for yeah. Oregon, I'd be like, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe we schedule yeah. Idaho, Idaho State before we take yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it, it, it's it's yeah. a, it's a tough. It's it's going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what's going to happen to Oregon State's recruiting. You know they won't be the like, same in a year or they two. They won't be this. Yeah. They won't be the no. same, right? There's going to be a lot of guys, you know, picking up, moving on, um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, they see opportunities elsewhere and money. You know what I'm yep. saying? So, um, I think at the end of the day, it, this has to be one of those stints where it's like, hey, this is our departure gift. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jonathan Smith, who was there the last time Oregon State was a top five team in 01, was the head coach. Now he's in East in East Lansing in Michigan. Okay. Uh, DJ Ungulaleli. I've tried to I, I apologize. DJ has transferred to Florida State. I have practiced that and I apologize. Yeah, that's people a hard name. my name all the time. That's, he's that's a Florida a State. Name. Head coach is gone. Quarterback's gone. Other people have transferred out. So they're not going to be the same. I am glad they're keeping it around as a fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you look at the Big Ten schedule itself. All right. You got UCLA, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Washington. Okay, there's other teams on here, Purdue, Illinois, Maryland, all due respect. But that's like five to six to seven big-name programs that Oregon's going to be playing. Exciting TV. What are your thoughts on this Big Ten slate for the Ducks next year? Um, It's very exciting. I mean, it's an opportunity to really see what you're up against, um, Mm -hmm. to really see what level of football you're playing. you know, this is the top of the tier. Uh, if you want to come to a school and get your chances to play a professional ball and get a good measurement or a good baseline, um, this is where you want to be. Um, to play teams like that on on such a massive platform, it's what you dream of. You know, it, it it is absolutely what you dream of. You get to go play in L.A. You get to go play in Michigan, Ohio. Like it's it's the it's like I don't know what else what else word to say besides it's the cascade of football, mm-hmm. right? You know, For so sure. like it's it's a great opportunity, man. Um, if I were coming out of high school right now, I'm watching what's happening with those four schools adding to the big 10 because those are schools that are going to absolutely need help you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and and need help you know implementing a new play you know at the end of the day too like what you're going to have to see is philosophies change you know from these west coast teams coming to the to the big 10 you know playing in different elements you're going to have to run the ball probably a lot more and a lot more efficiently um, so if you're, you know, a certain type of player that might not be able to play in the big 10, the original big 10, you should be a player that's looking to get in at Oregon, UCLA, USC, because yeah, it's, it's a bit of a ways as far as where you're going to be going to school, but as far as your exposure to your family, you know, to your dreams, um, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. 
There's no doubt about it. I mean, just looking at the schedule. So you're going to be at Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin, mid-November. That's going to be a little different climate. Then you just look at the level of competition. You got the two teams who are in the national championship game. You've got Michigan. You got Washington. Then you got Ohio State, who's probably going to be a top, maybe not even top five, top three team next year. Okay. Yeah. And here's something that I love because what well, I, I will watch- say. Go I ahead. will say Washington's going to struggle a little bit next it year. It won't be the same. That's true. Neither will Michigan. Yeah, because, it won't be as yeah, good. Yeah, Washington's losing probably all of their players. <laughs> yeah, they won't be <laughs> like the same. Besides two or three as far as starters um, in their coaching situation, Lord help them, right? So yep. Michigan, on the other hand, Michigan will be okay, I feel like. Uh, but, they'll be good they won't be quite as good of course who knows that's what's great about college yeah. football jj mccarthy declaring to the nfl jim harbaugh maybe not mm. coming back doesn't seem likely that's going to impact all that but you know i'm sure Moore is going to step right in if he's the next head coach of michigan he's got two top yeah. 10 wins versus ohio state versus penn state he won six games as a head coach last year so yeah. they'll be just fine it's more about who's next up after jj mccarthy Okay, and you look at Ohio State. Like, Michigan's probably going to be a top-10 team. Who knows what to make of Washington? Ohio State, they are – Buckeye fans are going to hate this. So feel free, at Adam Carricker 94 on Twitter. Feel free to at me with your hate. Okay, I'll just hit the block button. No hesitation. Okay, but here's the deal. All right, Ohio State right now at this point in time reminds me of Michigan last year. Okay, a team that had a disappointing end to the season, but has – other than Marvin Harrison Jr., has a bunch of guys coming back who are coming back with a purpose and a goal for next year. And look what Michigan did. Okay, Emeka Ibuka is coming back. He had Will Howard at the quarterback quarterback position, who's going to add a dual threat dynamic, okay? Ohio State's got eight returning starters on what was a top two defense in the country last year coming back for this year. So yeah, to me, Ohio State's a national title contender. I'm going to ask you about this because I am well aware of the and I know Washington may not be as good next year, but instead of ending the season with the Civil War every year versus Oregon State, Washington is not doing the Apple Cup anymore. With Wash, uh, I'm sorry, with Oregon State for you guys, Washington State and the Apple Washington Cup. Washington State with Washington. the Apple Cup. Yeah. Yep. Now you guys, because I'm well aware of how much the Oregon Washington rivalry is very real. Now you guys are going to end the season Saturday, November 30th against Washington. What do you think of that rivalry game as a former Duck? So that to me is the true rivalry, right? Okay. Oregon State yep. is definitely the it's like the battle of you know battle within the state, mm-hmm. right? Um, but when it comes to them dogs, <laughs> we don't mess with them dogs. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> we do not mess with them dogs. Um, you know the phrase "huck the huskies." Ah, there you go. <laughs> but um. But yeah, so I mean, at the, this is this is for this is great TV, and mm-hmm. if these teams can be competitive um, through this transition, you know the hype is is there. Um, it's just it. I mean, it's just made for TV. It's it's going to mm-hmm. be beautiful. And so, as far as the rivalry goes, man, like people legitimately hate each other. Like Seattle and Eugene don't mix. They're like mm-hmm. basically the same as far as like political and all that politics, whatever. Yep. But they hate each other. If you're wearing purple and gold, don't you walk around and, and vice versa. So I got to ask you this, okay? Um, I'm just going to be real with you. 
I know it's a it's a mutual rivalry. I think it's a little bit more 60-40 Oregon towards Washington than Washington towards Oregon based on my experience. Thoughts? As far as the, the fans? The rivalry, just in general, the fans. Like, I went to a practice um, in the spring going into my senior year in Eugene when mm-hmm. Mike Bellotti was still there. Yeah. Oregon people were already talking about the Washington game. I went oh, to yeah. Washington spring game that same year, same year, beautiful Puget Sound. I don't remember that many Washington people talking about Oregon that year. I'm just saying, well, man. I'm the, just and, saying. And you know, you want to know why? Because why? There's, why? A lot of, there, there's a lot of there's been a, so much change in you and at the University of Washington that they don't know who the coach is. They don't know. There's a lot of fan weather. <laughs> yeah, right. Fair it. weather, whatever you want to call it. it. Yeah, that's what's going on up there. Um, you know, this year a lot of bandwagon, you know, huskies or dog pet owners. They joined the bag. They joined the bandwagon. That's what happened this year. Um, and at the end of the day, too, you got to look at it from this point. Oregon, University of Oregon, and Oregon State for a very long time is all Oregon had. I mean, Portland mm-hmm. Trailblazers. Yep. You know, as far as you know, sports in, in Washington, you got the Seattle Mariners. You got um, the Sounders. You have you had yeah. the Sonics at one point. You oh, had yep. you have Seahawks. You have Washington yep. State. You dub. So, I mean, you have all the Seattle basketball schools because, you know, Portland and Seattle, believe it or not, because even though it's cold weather up there, it's a lot of, it's a big basketball state. Um, so they might have too much on their plate to be so worried about, you know, Oregon down there. So, you know, I will say though, whatever it is, there's a lot of hatred. Oh, oh, I get it. And I just wanted to poke a little bit just to see if it would come out. And I'm glad it came out, man. Don't worry. <laughs> Nebraska, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Colorado, now Nebraska, yeah. Iowa. Don't worry. We I was, got the I was, I was talking to Nate. Too, so. I was talking to Nate Robinson uh, via Instagram one day. Okay. When yep. when when you dub when we were first about to play you dub uh this year. And I'm glad we didn't really like make a official bet or anything. Um, Nate Robinson obviously played basketball. You mm-hmm. uh, um, yep. got he can bounce out of the gym still, probably. Uh, but you know, I, I definitely do my chatter with a lot of you know, you you know, graduates and, and mm-hmm. vets and whatnot. Um, Shaq Thompson, um, you know, he, he played for the Carolina Panthers linebacker, um, still on the team right now. I definitely do my chatter with him. Uh, so it's fun, man. And that's what that's what college is all about. You know, that's what's different. That's the difference between pros and college is it means a little it means a lot more um, as far as a fan that has has had a, an experience, you know, with a particular college. Um, if you've gone there, if you've grown up watching uh, a certain team and following a certain player, you know, and, and you know, as we're talking about that, like I remember growing up. You know, in 1999, you know, Ron Dane, you know, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, like that. That was my introduction to like what it was like to be a power running back. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think I was probably what sixth grade, fifth grade. I'm not, I'm not sure, but <laughs> but it was you know, like college just does something to you, especially if you're introduced to it at a certain age. Um, and it's like this development piece. Um, that if you're introduced to it, you know, it's a special thing that you can carry for the rest of your life. 
so that you know having a, you know UW hatred um it's not so bad you know to have a rivalry uh, college mm-hmm. or a mascot that you root against because it gives you something to look forward to for sure and that's that's one of the things i love about college sports and i fear that we're going to miss in college football some of these rivalries gone by the wayside nebraska oklahoma for example you know that that rivalry is basically gone and at one point in time it was probably a top three rivalry in college football along with michigan ohio state and whatever else you wanted to pick we got to wrap it up here a couple final thoughts so nate robinson actually played in the same state all-star game i did up in washington okay Okay. and i remember him before the game doing backflips in the end zone and just these ridiculous (laughs) feats of athleticism Ask him which team won that game. Uh, it was not his team, by the way. I was on the other side. But for those who don't know, Nate played in the NBA, 15-year vet, three-time slam dunk champion, insane hops. Uh, the only other thing I was going to throw out there, if you ever get a chance to go, and I don't, maybe Jonathan has done it, but for those watching, if you ever get a chance to go check out Winchester Bay, Florence, Coos Bay, Oregon, I used to go four-wheeling with my dad. we take a week every summer. Usually when I got to college, right before I'd go, back when you did two-a-days, before we go to camp and do two-a-days, and I, we'd ride, we'd get up at 7, take a lunch, maybe an afternoon break for like 20 minutes. We'd ride 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for seven days straight, never cover the same ground twice on our four-wheelers. Just awesome sand dunes. So I don't know if you ever did that, but for those who want to try it out, definitely try it out. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I've never been able to uh, hit the sand dunes, but I've gone to Bandon dunes to play golf in the wind, and that was terrible. (laughs) Um, my time at Oregon was not spent really going outside of Eugene. I was pretty focused, um, you know, trying to, trying to make sure I didn't get in trouble. (laughs) I get it. And honestly, I about died two different times on the four wheelers. Uh, my coaches can now hear that and it's okay. Obviously I survived. So anyways, I want to thank you for joining me, joining me, my friend. And to all the people watching, this has been another big 10 show. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Go Ducks. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.